The best-selling book called The Harbinger proved to be very popular with the general public. But among Bible prophecy experts, it caused a storm of controversy. The author, Jonathan Kahn, has now published a second book called The Mystery of the Shemitah, which is also proving to be controversial. To hear what the controversy is all about, and to hear Jonathan Kahn's response to it, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I are delighted to have back with us as our special guest for the second week, Jonathan Kahn, who is the author of the best-selling book, The Harbinger. If you missed our program last week when we discussed with Jonathan the ominous message for America that God has given him, you can find the program on our website at lambline.com. Welcome back to our program, Jonathan. Great to be here. Great to have you back on. Great to be here. Now, Jonathan is a spiritual leader of the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey. And in one of our issues, this is a 2013 Lamplighter magazine, we feature Jonathan here on the cover. And Dr. Reagan labeled him as one of the prophetic voices God has anointed to warn our nation of impending judgment. And as always has been the case, anyone who historically speaks out in a prophetic manner, calling people to repentance, Jonathan has been severely attacked for doing so. Now, Jonathan, if you could... Let's talk first about your first book, The Harbinger. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could uh, summarize yeah. the, the main point and yeah. then give us probably the number one criticism of it. Okay, yeah. The, the Harbinger is an ancient mystery from the Bible in the template of judgment that God gave to ancient Israel. When Israel was in its last days, the northern kingdom, there were nine harbingers identified that appear on the land. Okay. And they reject them and they're destroyed. Well, the eerie thing or the stunning thing or the scary thing is those same Harbingers are now reappearing to America. And some have appeared in New York City. Some have appeared in Washington. But they're happening with precision. Uh, it's so precise that it actually gives the words that American leaders speak before they say them. It gives exact dates when things happen. I mean, down to the seconds. Um, so it is happening. It's affecting all of us. It has affected. And they, since the book came out, it has not stopped. It has continued. The Harbingers have continued to manifest as America has continued on a course of danger as it heads away from God. So it is, we are heading to judgment, okay. and that's what it is. Now, the whole book revolves around one particular verse, right? Isaiah 9, 10, which reads, The bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with cut stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Now, yes. that verse yes. actually yes. expresses an attitude, right? Yeah, that was, that was, Isaiah records what the people said in Israel when they got their first warning strike, which was, the, right. the context is, the Assyrians had come in, God allowed it years before their destruction as a warning for the nation to wake up. But instead of saying, hey, yeah, we're going to return to God, they make that statement saying, hey, even though the bricks fell, we're coming back stronger. Even though the, the trees have been cut down, we're going we're to bloom and blossom without God. So they're, they're giving defiance. So Isaiah's recording this, and then God says, because of this, and then the next part is the, the destruction on the nation. So because they defied all the warnings, this happens. And in that verse are explicitly or implicitly the nine harbingers of judgment. I mean, the sycamore is one, the stone is another, the utterance is another, and every single one of them has manifested in America. And we had people, leaders in America, who actually quoted this verse. It's amazing, because this verse is a verse of judgment, pronouncing judgment on a nation, and yet, yet, and I didn't, listen, when, when this started, 
David. I, you know, the Lord led me right to that scripture, you know, but I didn't know that this had been said at that moment. I didn't know. One day I was on the computer and I'm typing it. I say, boom, there it is. <laughs> it was the annals of Congress. I had no idea. So the very response after 9-11, Tom Daschle gets up, uh, you know, the Senate Majority Leader, gives America's response the day after 9-11 and out of his mouth, he says, but we have this word and out of his mouth, he pronounces Isaiah 9-10 without knowing what it means. Poor choice. Saying, I mean, out of all, yeah. it's obscure. I mean, and he doesn't, he's talking about the harbingers and they're actually manifesting he says it and then nobody knows you know you have the entire government hearing this and nobody knows what it means and yet and yet it's going to come true he says at the end this is what america will do and that and they have all manifested okay now i would say that the number one now I, you can correct mm-hmm. me on this but I, I would say the number one criticism of the harbinger that i've heard mm-hmm. is people saying well that was a prophecy that god gave to israel and has absolutely nothing to do with the united states of america first of all it's not a prophecy mm-hmm. yes that's it's right. not a prophecy. Right. It's, it's right. their response. Right. That's right. It's a prophetic word of what happened. But yeah. Yeah. If we can't apply verses yeah. to us. Yeah. Then, then forget uh, all preaching. We might as well forget the Bible. <laughs> For me, the, bu- yeah. the book of Colossians was written to the church at Colossians. That doesn't apply to us. Absolutely. Philippians doesn't apply to us. Nothing does. Yeah. Nothing does unless it says America. You know. So absolutely. I mean, then you have to. This cut is down. a spiritual you, you, principle. Yeah, yeah. You have to cut down all, all prophecy. Yeah. So the thing is, the Harbinger never says this was a prophecy about America. What it says is exactly what it said. This was a template. This is what God did. God is consistent. God is able. First of all, God, when He acts, He judges. He warns, and He will do it in a biblical way. And as he does, not only that, he is also able to use the scripture or use use a template to speak to a nation where you can say, well, wow, this is all there. And it's identifying where we are right now as a nation. Yeah. Well, what if we could just back up a little bit. I was confused at first because the title Harbinger. What is a Harbinger? I so, didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know. Well, get, get yeah. to the Shemitah. Nobody knows. Yeah. Harbinger means a foreshadow or a, a, a sign of something to come. It could be good, but usually it's a it's a it's an ominous an, yes. an ominous warning of judgment. Okay. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing through Israel as a model for any nation including it's the United States. I mean, this, this, is, this is written for our instruction. Okay. And, and But the eerie thing, it's not only like a general principle. God is sovereign over history. And I mean, listen, when you, you talk about how do the leaders say that he wasn't the only leader. Then three years later, John Edwards on the anniversary of 9-11 says the same thing. And he builds his entire speech around we, Isaiah 9-10. So it keeps coming up. So, so I believe the Lord is, I mean, how does he warn a nation? He will use his word. And it's a statement of arrogance and pride. Defiance. Yes. Uh, all that. Defiance. Yes. yes. We're, 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 uh, we don't care what you've done here. We're going to rebuild and we're going to That's exactly it. And that's exactly what America did and the leaders did. In fact, one of them there, it says we will rebuild with this stone. This is in Hebrew. It's yeah. called the Gazit stone. Well, after 9-11, they do the same thing. They take this stone, they put it in ground zero and the, they have a ceremony around the stone and the governor of New York says, we are doing this in the spirit of defiance. Def- he literally says it. I mean, so the point is, and look, at, you know, if we were there, Dave, if we were there on Capitol Hill and we saw this, I mean, when it happened, I didn't realize it, you know, when Dashiell said that. But the thing is that, that if we were there, we would say, wait a minute, you know, this is a bad thing. There's not going to be this revival at that point. And there wasn't. And it was a kind of a foreshadow that America would grow much farther away from God. Okay, now what are some other major attacks on okay. you concerning this book? Okay, and let me just put it in context. It's generally in a small group of people. Yes, <laughs> they, I know. They speak loud. Mm. You know, most have, is not, most of it have hailed it. But yeah, uh, okay, that's one. I, call another, another, I, call, I refer to them as the junkyard dogs of Christianity and that they are just snarling and growling and always looking for someone to attack. 
well, yeah, well, there I was, and there I came. You know, I came into the junkyard. Boy, did they attack. I, I came into the junkyard. I didn't realize. You know, I said, beware of the door. No. Uh, so, so the thing is that, okay, another one was, the first one was actually replacement theology. He's preaching that God is finished with Israel. Classic replay. He's replacing Israel. Well, I, I you know, listen. Are you going to replace yourself? I'm, yeah, I'm Jewish. <laughs> I'm a Jew. How can I, you know, I literally have to replace myself with myself because I'm saved. So I got to replace myself. I can't do that. I, I'm totally pro-Israel. The name of the ministry is Beth Israel. I mean, that's crazy. They, they mistook what, again, it was just, most people, by the way, most of these people did not even read the book. And they accused you of saying that America has a covenant with uh, God. That's the number one that when people write in and they reject your book, they say that America is under the same covenant relationship as Israel. That's not true. But your book never says that. Never says that. And and first of all, by the way, you know, because they say, well, that's that's that you need that. No, you don't. I didn't. That doesn't even have to be part of it. God can judge any nation and use his template. But the point, the fact is that what I bring up is that especially is pertinent to America, that America was founded after the pattern of Israel. It's there. They the, the Puritans covenanted with God doesn't mean that, you know, God, we don't know what God did, but did he honor? It seems like he did. But that's not the same as the covenant made with Israel when God made it. There's only one nation that has that covenant. But there is something about America that is very special, that is dedicated to God. And there is principles that are in effect. So that's it. You know, so you don't need, you know, there's nothing saying that and, you know, that's Yeah, it. I never that, thought you'd said that yeah. we were in a covenant relationship. No, no. And yet God can honor prayers, you know, but yeah. even without that, you don't need that. The fact is he's doing it. And then on top of that, I mean, I can throw out the crate. I mean, that Mormon. Um, Mormon yeah, they, yeah, Mormon. Mason. Mason, yeah, Mason. Why? I, what was it? <laughs> Why? I mean, I don't understand. I shared I was involved with, with uh, Masonry once. I was on the Jackie Mason show. So th- that was it. But then I, repen- I repented of it. So no more Jackie Mason. No. So, so, so another one was, uh, was it? Okay, yeah, Freemasonry, uh, Mormonism, um, uh, Kabbalah. Every, I mean, you name it, it's yeah, there. Yeah, I heard the Kabbalah one a lot. And because of, I want, this is Respond just Respond to that. Yeah, I want to. That's a major argument that you're involved in the Kabbalah and all this is Kabbalah. And, and so explain forth. what Kabbalah is for folks. Crazy, crazy. Okay, yeah. Basically, this is like Joseph McCarthy. But basically, <laughs> the Kabbalah is, is Jewish mystical writings. And I would tell anybody comes up to me and say, "Well, no, I would, don't endure. Don't, I wouldn't read unless you're doing your research or using it for apologetics." What I, I did, I did a, a, a series once on what the rabbi said about the Messiah at, at Beth Israel. And it's classic apologetics. The rabbis actually, in their writings, they say that the Messiah would die for the, for our sins. I said, well, that's great to use for Jewish people. That's you right. Know, you know, so so they said, well, because he does that, he's saying, therefore, he's endorsing all that. Which is, listen, if you do that, you got. I don't care what they say. Paul went to Mars Hill. Yes. He used pagan hymns to Zeus on Mars Hill to speak to the pagans of the gospel. They would, if he was alive today and they were there, he would be crucified for being a a Jupiter, a Zeus worshiper. I mean, crazy, all crazy, crazy. It has nothing to do with harmony. What about people who write in and say that you're a word of faith prosperity preacher? That if <laughs> oh, we yeah. repent, then all the financial blessings will flow back in the well, United well, States again. Yeah, well, I loved your response well, to that when you said. Your photograph was made at Sears. Sears budget photo. Budget photo. Budget photo. Uh, most of my clothes were Salvation Army until my, my wife forced me to move up. So we made a deal. I went to Sears. You know, I, you know, and, and, you know Walmart. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, and I'm, I'm against those who, I mean, I, you know, that's like. It just shows you how you know. desperate people are to attack. I think people, yeah, I think people, well, a lot of ministries, some ministries live on that. And the other thing is that they project with whatever they are going against on whatever they're going to attack. I mean, but it has nothing to do, nothing to do with the harbinger. I mean, you know, and, and yeah. prosperity, the harbinger, saying God warning of judgment, that's real prosperity. I mean, you know. Well, that, that's what really bothers me is when people question your heart. And we get this at the ministry of time. Well, you're all in it just to sell books. No, we're not. It's about the message to change people's life. Now, you wrote this book to get a nation to repent, right? 
to be, I, well, yeah, the, the book is a call to repentance, and it yeah. happened. I wasn't looking for it. I mean, we, we live across the we live across the river from Ground Zero. So, matter of fact, my wife was supposed to be in the at the at the towers at the Ooh. moment. Wow. The last moment, really? her plans were changed, and so I'm watching that. I'm praying, and then then that then I started being led to to that Isaiah nine ten. I was standing at Ground Zero, and I saw the tree, and something said, "There's something there," and so I was led like one step. I wasn't looking for it. I was led one step to to the next, to the next, to the next. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. When I, I wasn't going to do any book, I shared it with the congregation. Everybody was blown away and said, this has got to go to the, the nation. I didn't do anything. And then finally I was led to write a book. And, the, the, you know, this, it, the thing wrote itself. It happened rapid fire. And then it's always been spreading by itself. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. No, I believe I don't take any credit for the harbinger. I mean, you know, I, yeah. if I try to reproduce how I, I could not do it. Uh, the point is, it's, it's gone forth. God warns. He'll do it through enemy. He'll do it through a donkey. He'll do it through anyone. And it has gone forth. So, so uh, that's exactly it. I believe God is warning America. That's what he does. He has a heart because he wants to save. Yeah. We are in danger of judgment. And it's happening precisely. Well, one thing I've appreciated is the fact that you have not responded to these people in the kind of uh, uh, manner in which they have attacked you. That you've dealt with it with humor and mainly have ignored it and moved on your way. You have to. You have a yes, good you have friend. To who yeah. has uh, written yeah. a book oh, yeah. in defense of, of oh, yeah. uh, this. But you, but you, you, I mean, you can't get involved you, you in can't, all you can't, You can't. And, you know, things that, you know, when I first went, I went to the publisher. I said, what do we do? They, you know, they're doing all this. They said, are you kidding? This is good. <laughs> you know, you know, I said, well, I, I'm not saying it's good. But the point is, nothing has stopped, nothing has stopped, slowed the going forth of this warning. And God keeps opening the doors. He keeps opening, you know, the, the several presidential candidates are reading The Harbinger, wow. are lifting it up, several of them. Um, it doesn't stop anything of God. So you can't, you know, this is true with, listen, any, any believer, you can't get, get lost. If you're serving God, you just move forward and keep your eyes on God and do not get lost in all the junk. You know, just keep moving forward and God will keep blessing. Well, I know when, when we began this ministry, I knew that teaching Bible prophecy was going to be very controversial. Yeah. And uh, the moment I started uh, writing and speaking, peop- I was getting constantly, I want to debate you. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I just didn't have time for no. that. And furthermore, I just said, Lord, you've called me to this. I'm going to let you defend me. I'm not going to spend time defending yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's not that we don't ever answer, no. but the point is you can't get lost in it. You know, you got to look ahead. You can't look back. You, you do God's thing. God, God will lift you up and God will, God will take care of it. And he does. He does. Well, I just hope and pray that uh, this uh, message that you are putting out here will be one that uh, will continue to spread because this nation desperately needs to hear it. Yeah. Desperately. Most people believe that America is just not subject to the discipline of God. Just like ancient Israel. Yeah, and that's exactly what they said, and we're moving forward. And, you know, as we talk, I mean, listen, you know, I'll give you, I mean, one thing we're watching, for instance, the redefinition of marriage sweep. I mean, just in the last few days here. But on top of it, and one of the things I've said, one of the things that's in the Harbinger and the Shemitah, and one of the things I've said is that America doesn't turn back. One of the first things we can expect to see is the crown, America's crown as head of nations to be removed. Just yesterday morning, it came out that, for the, this is historic, China has surpassed America as the strongest economic power That's on right. earth. This is from wow. 1870. This, we have been the strongest economic power after we surpassed the British Empire, 1871. This is a momentous thing, but it's part of prophecy. I mean, and you know, people say, well, you look at prophecy and you don't see America as the head. Well, the Harbinger is kind of, and the, and the Shemitah is kind of like filling in the middle of that, but that is what's happening. So it is happening as we 
turn from God, this is happening. It's coming. Well, you mentioned uh, the, the Shemitah. Uh, that's a new book that yes. you've uh, just come out with. And so we'll take a little pause here and come back and ask you to tell us what in the world is, is a Shemitah and what is the thesis of your book. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy in our interview with Jonathan Kahn, a Messianic rabbi from New Jersey who's been anointed to proclaim a message of warning our nation. Now, Jonathan, let's turn to your second book called The Mystery of the Shemitah. Yes. Shemitah, right. Could you define what Shemitah means? Well, Shemitah was the Sabbath year. Every seven years, God said, you shall rest. Sabbath year, there's no buying, no selling of the fruits of the land, no reaping, none of that. The whole land would rest. And on the last day of the Shemitah, there was a special day called in Hebrew Elul 29. That's the 29th day of the month of Elul. On that day, something really extraordinary happened. All debts are wiped out. All credits wiped out. The financial realm is wiped clean every seven years. Wow. This was to be a blessing. But the thing is that as Israel turned away from God, the Shemitah comes back at them not as a blessing, but as a sign of judgment on a nation that has known God, driven God away, and now comes back, strikes their sustenance, their economics, their financial realm, and it comes back in 586 BC. When, when remember, when the judgment came on Israel, Babylon comes in, they are taken out into captivity for 70 years. And they say, why 70 years? God says, because the land now will rest for 70 years for the 70 Sabbaths, or the Shemitahs, that they didn't observe. It says that even in the Torah. It says that this will come about as a sign of judgment on you. Mm-hmm. So it actually becomes a sign of judgment now. And that's where we get into That's where the link is with the harbinger. And that stretches back with uh, Leviticus 25.5. You are not to reap what grows by itself from your crop or harvest the grapes of your intended vines. It must be a year of complete rest for the land. So every seven years then, the Jews weren't supposed to farm. Right. They were supposed to forgive all debt. How did they live? Uh, to, well, God said, I'll bless you on the sixth year. I'll bless you with extra if you do this. Okay. In fact, in Israel today, they're actually observing it. I mean, they? And okay. sometimes they have loopholes. They, they, you <laughs> well, know, they have big they... loopholes <laughs> like hiring Arabs to run their land. Yeah, well, or they, they, yeah. Actually, they actually sell their land to non-Jews, and then they can work it. Then they buy it back at the end. I mean, you know, it's, it's difficult. But, but actually, they've said that those who have actually done it, have observed it, they have testimonies of that they were blessed. You know? okay. so the point is, yeah, so that's the beginning of it. But it's not, let me, it's not... The, the Shemitah, some people have confused that with, with what, the, I'm not saying America is to do this any more than with the Harbinger, or that it's about the law of the Shemitah. It's the Shemitah as a prophetic sign. Okay, well let's, yeah. let's get into yeah. that for a moment. Uh, one, of the, uh, uh, one of the criticisms that's already been made of the book is, how in the world can you take a law that God gave to the uh, Jewish nation right. and apply it to Gentiles? Right, exactly. Well, first of all, again, starting from the, the other thing we spoke about with the Harbinger, Everything in the Bible is, a, is, you know, is, has a, is for us as well. It doesn't mean we're under something, but there's, there's meaning in it. Uh, secondly, it's not the Shemitah as a observing. It never said that. And I've seen some things that say, well, Jonathan said, absolutely not. Uh, not. Not at all. It's the Shemitah as a prophetic sign. When the Shemitah came as a prophetic sign of judgment on Israel, when they were 70 years, it, it, God says it exactly. This is the timing of the Sabbaths of the land that they did not observe. Now the land is going to rest. Well, that involved Babylon. That, the, the rise of Babylon had to happen according to that timing. That had a fall and Persia had to rise up so that the 70 years would be the 70 years. They could go back to the land. So it affects. So even world history. Yeah, but affected. I don't see how that applies to Gentile nations. I mean, we're not supposed to let the land rest. We're not commanded to let the land rest. So why in the it's world not, would this apply to it's us? It's not about, okay. <laughs> it's not, I'm not telling people to observe the Shemitah. That's not what 
this is a, that's not right. what it's at. It's saying that God can use, just as he used the Shemitah as a sign of judgment on Israel, a nation that had turned away from God, the, the message of the Shemitah is that all your blessings come from God. If you turn, if you go away from, you go away from God, that therefore the blessings will be removed. Now the point is, and the same with the harbinger, is that, that God can use a sign from the Bible to speak. Now let me give you an example with, it, with this. Uh, one of the things is that you have the day Elul 29. That is the day when all debts and credit is wiped out. Well, here you have America, and, and, and we talked about the warning before that if America turns away from God, blessings will be removed. Well, you have on 2001, you have 9-11. On uh, several days later, you have the greatest collapse of the financial realm. Wall Street it collapses. Wall Street collapses on September 17th, greatest collapse. When did that take place? That happens on the day appointed in the Bible, Elul 29, that says that the day of wiping away financial accounts, wiping away the financial realm, happens on the exact day down to the hour. Then, and not just the day, not just Elul 29 once a year, it's the once in seven year time. Uh, exactly, it's one day in seven years. Then, fast forward to 2008. We just had the Great Recession. You have the greatest collapse happens on September 29th. That is the greatest collapse to this day. It surpassed the one in 2001. Happens on, a little 20, happens on September 29th. When? On the exact same day appointed in the Bible as, a, as the day of Elul 29 happens exactly, according to the, the, law, the mystery of the Shemitah, happens exactly seven, seven years apart, the two greatest crashes, down to the day, down to the minute down to the second the two greatest crashes on the same day that happens to be that on top of that dave on top of that and this is after that you know this begins in the harbinger when i looked there is a pattern that goes beyond that that when you look at the greatest collapses in wall street history there is a there they all of them the last last 40 years every every one of the greatest long-term collapses happens clustered around the year of the shemitah Every single one of them. They are, they, are, they are seven years apart, even for the one from before, the one after. Yeah, you can go down the list. It's a continual pattern. In fact, Wall Street, people on Wall Street have always been mystified. Why do these greatest crashes generally happen around autumn, if you know? Well, they, happen, they all cluster, the majority of the greatest day crashes cluster around the Hebrew month of Tishri. That's, that's October, September, October. That's the very time in the Bible that is linked to the Shemitah when God says this happens. Well, one of the problems I have with this is you well know mm-hmm. the Jewish calendar is a mess. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's lacking about 250 years that should be in there because the uh, sages, uh, short uh, term, the Persian rule, they, they mm-hmm. put it down for about 52 years and it was over 200 years. So the whole calendar is off. They don't know when the Jubilee years are. How do they know when the Shemitah is? Well, interesting, are? interesting, because I, I want the Jubilee is part of this thing, too. So how, uh, yeah, you well, never explain well, that in well, your book yeah, as well, to how they determined that these years are the Shemitahs. Well, these were, well, first of all, the well, first thing is that we know that the, the Shemitahs were observed. The Jubilees were not, were not, there's a gap as far as their observance in the time of Messiah. So it's very hard to, to figure out anything with the Jubilee. But there is a mystery here. But the other thing is that with the Shemitahs, though, they were observed in the time of Messiah. They were observed. They are recorded by Josephus. They are recorded by, in, in the rabbinical writings, they are recorded. And, the, you, and, by, and simply, so what they did is simply taking the observances which were there in the times, of the, in Bible times, they continue out and they fall on these exact times. Well, I would argue that this, I would say that the Shemitahs were, were non-observant during the 
uh, years, the 1800 years that the Jews were out of the land, Absolutely. that they only apply to the Jews being in the land. The Jews repossessed the land in 1948. That's when the Shemitah count should begin. Well, 1948. That's well, when they possessed the well, land. Well, let me say something here. Jonathan? Yeah. Let, 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 first, of, first, of, first of all, the first one would be 54, 55. Well, actually, that's when, actually, that's when you have nationhood. But the fact is, as soon as they started returning in the 19th century, that is when they started farming the land. Uh, and that's what, no, listen. They didn't possess it. Okay. In any case, they, that's when they went to the rabbis and said, how do we do this? That's when they started. Well, I just think this but, is very but, arbitrary, Jonathan. Well, it's, it's, actually, it's actually very specific. There, I, nobody can come up with, I and mean, the fact is, all around the world, they are observing it at this time. From the time of the temple, the first temple. And the fact is, and here, listen, here's the thing, Deb. The fact is, regardless of that, here are the times, it's all, it's universal. I mean, as far as when, when this is done here. It happens on this time. If, regardless of what one thinks, go back. The fact is, on these exact times, all these things happen. And, and if you look, again, Wall Street, look at back, it's happening according to. It's like saying, you know, you know we can say, even with the Sabbath, God wove the Sabbath well, into, into... I think the saving grace of your book is right at the end when you say, well, looking back, we have to admit that things do not always happen on the Shemitah. Oh, no. So, so from the, well, here's, an, here's another interesting thing about this. Well, Other, otherwise, here, here, I, Well, here's, it's okay. Well, well, listen, we'll see what happens. But here, <laughs> but, here, but here's the thing, Dave. The other thing is this. Well, I've had economists come to me. I've had Finet from Wall Street, because we're not far from that, come to me and say, you know what? This is there. They had no idea about the Shemitah. But they actually, after I wrote the book, all these, they have, this is a seven-year cycle, and guess what? The seven-year cycle comes on each time, the years that they identify without realizing it. They don't know about the rabbis. They're not looking at the calendar. They are all identifying their, the seven years are happening of the crashes on the time of the Shemitah. Plus, another economist came to me and said, you know what? That they showed me the debt cycle. And the, the fact is, when the debt cycle is the highest, and remember, this is linked to debt in the Bible, that's when this phenomenon is the strongest. And when, it's, when the, debt, the debt is the lowest in the cycle, that's when it's weaker. But the fact is right now, we're, we have the most astronomical debt on earth. So let me just say something here. It's not about observing it, and I'm not, in, I'm not interested in what people observe. People write to me, how should I observe? It's not about that. It's about that God is able to use anything in his, in his word as a warning, as a sign to say, this is my hand. You know, when you just mentioned before, you said that crash, and you notice, wait a minute, seven, seven, seven. Well, yeah, but you know what, Dave? You know, that was also, that was the, that was the day of the seventh year in the Bible. That was the, the exact day. And not only that, how much was wiped out? Seven percent was wiped out. How much the other time? Seven percent. On the exact day down to the minute, Dave. I mean, so, so the fact is, you say God puts his fingerprints. Is it something about the, the seven? No, it's his fingerprints saying that I'm warning you. The ultimate message of the Shemitah is our blessings come from God. If the nation ever turns away from God, which it's doing, those blessings will be removed. That's what happened to Israel. And that That's is a good message. Yeah. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy, an interview with Jonathan Kahn, the author of The Harbinger and his other book called The Mystery of the Shemitah. Jonathan, how can people get in touch with you if they want to uh, they ask go, a question? They can go to hopeoftheworld.org. That's our outreach ministry. It has all the teachings which this comes from. So hopeoftheworld.org is probably good. Um, and you can get the Harbinger and the Shemitah everywhere in the universe, pretty well, from Walmart <laughs> to Amazon. It's everywhere. Okay. Well, Jonathan, I just praise God for the mighty way in which he is using you 
to speak out to this nation and call it to repentance. And I just pray that people will hear the message and that they will come to repentance. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you, and I hope you'll be back with us next week, the Lord willing. Till then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for myself and for my colleague Nathan Jones saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. For more detailed information about America and prophecy, order a copy of Dr. Reagan's book, America the Beautiful. It has been very popular because it responds directly to one of the most frequently asked questions in the field of Bible prophecy, namely, where is the United States in prophecy? Dr. Reagan, who was formerly a professor of international relations, outlines all the spiritual principles that govern God's relationship with the nations of the world and presents ancient Israel as the prophetic type of modern-day America. This book can be yours for a gift of $15 or more, plus shipping. You can request a copy by calling the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or order through our website at lamblion.com. And when you place your request, we will include a copy of Dr. Reagan's Prophetic Manifesto, which describes in detail the deterioration of our society and the apostasy that is raging in the church. Both books can be yours for a donation of $15 or more, plus the cost of shipping. Ask for special order number 645. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 